Y'all stand up and sing with us as we sing about the wonder of God. Hallelujah to the 
part where Kelly would pray, um, but I think this next song is, is a prayer in itself, and so uh, let this be our prayer this morning. someone near you that you can't quite call their name well turn around and greet them and children we invite you to come forward to join us here at the front for a few moments How's everybody doing this morning? Are you still sleeping? No. You're quiet. 
Okay, good. I want to read you a Bible verse. I know you are. I'm going to read you a Bible verse before we get started this morning. And it comes out of the book of Mark, chapter 1, and it's two verses. verses, Well, it's a few verses, verses 17 through 19. It says, And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. Okay, what did I bring with me this morning? My phone. That's what we're going to talk about this morning, what we do with our phones. What do you do with your phone if there is an emergency? What if something, right, you call 911. And I was talking about a really serious emergency. If you needed help right away, something was really, really badly wrong. Hold on just a second. I'll get it to you in a minute. Who would you call? And you were right, 911. When you call 911, the person who answers the phone, what are they going to do? What do you need, right? When you call, hold on just a second, okay, we'll talk when we get done. When you, when you call 911 and someone answers the phone, they're going to ask you what you need, right? And they're going to want to know right away. They're never going to say something like, um, I'm sorry, hold on just a second. I'll be right back with you. They're never going to do that to you, are you? Are they? No. They're going to drop whatever they're doing, and they're going to make sure they get you the help that you need. Well, in the Bible story from the verses that I read earlier, Jesus was walking along beside the Sea of Galilee, and he was preaching the good news of God when he made a call for help. He saw Peter and Andrew throwing a net into the water because they were fishermen, and he called out to them, come and follow me, and I will teach you how to fish for people. You see, Jesus wanted Peter and Andrew to help them teach to help him teach people about God's love for them. And when Jesus called Peter and Andrew, did they say, oh, no, not right now. We're busy. We're fishing. Did they do that? No. no. They dropped their nets and followed Jesus right then. And Jesus is still calling for help today. He has called you and me. And he wants us to stop whatever else we're doing and whatever else is going on to follow him and tell others about him, don't you think? Yeah. So is it an emergency, you think, for us to do that, for us to share God's love? I kind of think it is. We want everybody to know right now, and we don't want to wait. We want to tell him just like if it's an emergency, like it's a matter of life and death. The Bible tells us, unless you repent, you will perish. Jesus has called us, so what will we say? What will we do? I hope and pray that we will drop whatever we're doing and answer the call. Will you bow your heads and pray with me? Ryan, mail this. Dear Jesus, we want to be faithful to answer your call. We want to fish for people just like Peter. Andrew, James, and John. Amen. There's something a little fishy about that children's sermon, wouldn't you say? <laughs>
it's good to see everybody today. We've got a good big crowd. Well, I don't know how good you are, but you're big. And uh, glad to have you here. And if you're visiting with us, we hope that you'll come back on many, many future occasions to worship with us. Um, we have Sunday school following this service for all ages. Most of the classes are in this building. A few are over um, in the other buildings. We'll be glad to help you find a way to a, a class that will be good for you and right for you. And then our traditional service is 11 o'clock um, in our sanctuary. So you are invited to stay as long as you can today with us for these times of uh, study and worship. If you have a concern on your heart that you would like prayer from all of us to, to join hands with you and pray, spiritually speaking, um, joining knees together, spiritually speaking, we'll be glad to do that. We just need to have you share that concern with us, and our ushers have index cards, and if you raise your hand, our ushers will be glad to get you an index card, and uh, if you'll write something that I can repeat, we will share those concerns together and pray together uh, regarding those concerns. Here's a word to children. <clears throat> Please remember that the regular Sunday night programs choir, mission, kids, and Bible study will not meet tonight. Instead, you're encouraged to attend the Samaritan's Purse Children's Heart Project Spaghetti Dinner with your families. We hope to see you tonight at 6 o'clock here in the Family Life Center. We will resume our regular programs next Sunday, January the 29th. Our next Wednesday supper is right around the corner Please mark your calendars and save the date for Wednesday, February 1. Uh, join us in the social hall for a catered meal uh, anytime between 5.30 and 7 p.m. Uh, the menu is chicken fingers, mac and cheese, green beans, rolls, dessert, and tea. Hope to see you there for good food and fellowship. Um, let's see, a couple other notes. <clears throat> Remember that on February the 5th, Sunday in two weeks, um, the children, preschool and elementary choirs will provide the music for the traditional service. So you need to remember that. And something new is coming to the children uh, around the 12th of February at five o'clock in the afternoon, just before we get to the usual activities. Jessica is starting a new handbell ensemble for children who are in grades one through five. Uh, children those ages are invited to join us in the social hall as we kick off this new event in the church. Next Sunday is the 29th of January. Can you guess what that means? It is a fifth Sunday and what happens on fifth Sundays? We have a joint service, one service at 10 o'clock and we rotate places, but this time we're due to be out here in the contemporary setting for our joint service um, uh, at 10 o'clock a.m. next Sunday morning. And of course that takes the place of the other services and Sunday school. So we're hope, we'll hope that you remember to please be here next Sunday morning uh, at 10 o'clock for our combined worship service. <clears throat> a 
Leanna, I bet, had, yes. And if, our, if you're finished with your prayer card, if you hold it up, our ushers will collect these. Leanna has a word for us about tonight. Good morning. I'd just like to remind everybody of the Children's Heart Project fundraiser tonight. It's at 6 p.m. I'll have tickets after the service and at the door tonight. Thank you. We appreciate Leanna for spearheading this project. Uh, I would say for us, but she brought it to us. Uh, she's been spearheading it herself, so we're thankful for that. Let us now um, join our hearts together in prayer for uh, our time of prayer as we share your concerns. Let us pray. <clears throat> Lord, we are thankful for this day Thankful most of all that our being together means that we are with you. That we are together in your presence, gathered as your children to come to share our love for you and to receive your love for us. To hear your words of instruction and to share with you concerns that are heavy upon our hearts. Not that we feel like you don't already know about them, but you have invited us into the circle of your concerns through prayer and invited us to be your partners in seeing those prayers come to pass and be answered. And we're thankful for this. And these are our special prayers for this day. We pray for a brother-in-law who is suffering with a bone infection, for a daughter who is having some family issues. We pray for healing for a sister, uh, Jane Berg. We pray for the 2012 youth mission team as they prepare to go to their mission field this summer. We pray for the Connett family as they adjust to the reality of Wade's death. We pray for healing for Corey's broken leg. We pray for troops in harm's way, their families and loved ones. And we thank, we give you thanks, Lord, for all the prayers and well-wishers who have supported um, Judy during her time of illness. And we're grateful for the wonderful way you're answering these prayers. We pray for comfort and healing for Michael Haas and Pat Smith. We pray for Roger Smith. We pray for a grandpa that is being moved to a nursing home. We pray for Joe Dickey on an upcoming lung surgery. <clears throat> Lord, these are our prayers. And we pray for these, our friends, in the name of Jesus, who has taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory 
forever. Amen. Scripture lesson for today is a very brief passage. And if you uh, know my favorite hobby, I love to find these obscure passages and say, what? What's that trying to say to us? This, I think, is an interesting one from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, starting with verse 29. What I mean, brothers and sisters, is that the time is short. From now on, those who have wives should live as if they had none. Those who mourn as if they did not. Those who are happy as if they were not. Those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep. Those who use the things of the world as if not engrossed in them. For this world in its present form is passing away. Here ends the lesson. It didn't work. <clears throat> Short timer. Here we go. Yeah, got it. Um, oh, would you like that part of it? That'll make it work a lot better. <clears throat> Man came home from church one Sunday and packed up his fishing gear. Sounded like it was Dallas. I don't know. But anyway... He packed up his fishing gear and he headed to the lake. His wife reminded him that this was their anniversary and he was supposed to be taking her out to dinner. The husband replied, You heard what the preacher said this morning. He read that passage that says, From now on, those who have wives should live as if they had none. The wife replied, You will remember that the preacher also read the verse that said, those who are happy should live like they're not. You better get ready for that when you get home fishing. <clears throat> well, that passage from 1 Corinthians 7, taken out of context, could wreak havoc among us. Those with husbands or wives should live like you're not married. Those who are happy or mourning should be, become stoic about their feelings. If you buy something... Don't care whether or not you get to keep it, really. Don't bother with the world or ecology or anything out there because the world is perishing. If ever there was a passage that illustrates the fact that the Bible needs to be interpreted in its context so that you find what the meaning is, surely this is such a passage. Because if someone were to hear these words and just put them into practice without learning to interpret them, then in a very short time, that person would find themselves way outside of God's will. It's very important to become aware of what was going on in Paul's time when he recorded these words. Paul and the other apostles were constantly persecuted by both the Roman authorities and the religious leaders of their faith community. Beatings and jail time were common experiences to the early disciples. And they were called on, nevertheless, to faithfully lead the early church. And to do that, they had to forego 
an easy life and the normal things of life, things like a home, things like family. They didn't have time for the pursuit of happiness or to acquire worldly possessions or really even to take time to notice the beauty of nature all around them. Their lives were all about survival and about preaching the gospel and establishing churches. They knew that they would lose their lives sooner rather than later. And then there was this fact. All Christians who lived in those days were convinced that they were living in the last days before the return of Jesus. They were short timers here on earth. Very soon they expected that Jesus would be coming back. They probably wouldn't have time to go all over the world and preach the gospel like they were supposed to do to everyone in every community. The time was just so short, but they knew they had to try. They had to do without sleep. They had to do without food. They had to do without family because they were soldiers on a mission. Seeing himself as a short timer in the world that was about to come to its end, Paul advised these soldiers to live austere lives of self-denial. It just wasn't a time for families, for husbands and wives, he thought, or a time to pursue happiness or to accumulate things. And you know, it wasn't that long ago that our parents and grandparents and perhaps some of you had to live as short timers in our world. The year was 1941. My parents were dating at that time. But Daddy said that the subject of a future marriage had already been discussed by them. Or as my father used to say, the wheel of his conversation had floated around Mama's axis of understanding. Then, on December the 7th, 1941, the unthinkable happened. The bombing of Pearl Harbor changed the world immediately. Daddy, like most young men of that day, stopped whatever they were doing and joined the armed forces because our nation was under tremendous threat. People in California were told to expect to be bombed by the forces of the Japanese Empire. Empire. German submarines were supposed to be off the eastern seaboard. And do you know that my 90-year-old uncle said that during World War II, a submarine from Germany surrendered off the coast of Florida. They were right off our coast. My parents decided that this was not a time to be thinking about marriage and family. The time was just too short, or might be, those who had wives and husbands had to live as if they had none as they marched off to war, mourning, yes, even the mourning of the loss of the soldiers' lives, had to take a back seat to something more important, stopping a madman in Germany who was intent on conquering the world. Happiness was nothing when compared to the gift of freedom. And those who tried to buy things like tires or gasoline or sugar found that, in Paul's words, it was not theirs to keep because there was a severe rationing during those days of those things. 
my granddaddy Cannon, who had just bought a huge acreage of a farm on the outskirts of Spartanburg city limits and was anxious to build his retirement home, was told that he'd have to put that off until after the war. Resources were just too scarce. The time was short, and everyone chose to live as short-timers in that world, just as Paul had advised them to. But by 1946, the war was over. Daddy came back from Europe. It was no longer a short time. He and Mom got married 30 days after he got back from Germany. And the married men and women who had gone to war no longer were forced to live like they were single. No longer did they put off the pursuit of happiness. It was a time to buy things and to build homes and have families. The baby boom happened, and now we baby boomers are going to see if we can bankrupt Social Security for those of you that are younger than we are. <clears throat> Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 7, which had such great meaning during World War II, didn't have much meaning after the war was over, and so it was forgotten. Then just a few years ago, we were thrust into another short time period. Terrorists attacked us again, destroying the twin towers of New York. Again, our greatest treasures, our sons and daughters, enlisted in the armed services to go half a world away to fight the forces who were intent on destroying civilization. Some of these men and women had to live in a way that fulfilled the words of Paul once again. Those who were married had to live as if they were single. Family life and happiness were put on the back burner for a while. But now that conflict, those conflicts are winding down and these soldiers are coming home and are no longer living as short timers. Thanks be unto God that we don't live in a short time world right this minute. Well, we do in one sense. Tomorrow is not promised to anyone in this room. But at this moment, the world isn't facing an imminent threat of war or a natural disaster. The time does not appear to be short for us now. So we have time to think about important things like marriage and family and houses and happiness and fulfillment and education and wonderful things like that. Again, we don't think much about 1 Corinthians 7 right now. Since the earliest days of human civilization, Human communities have cycled between war and peace, between short time and regular time. Since the first century AD, the Christian church has known both prosperity and persecution. Sometimes the saints have had to exist as short timers, making great sacrifices just to survive. During those times, Paul's words have had great meaning for them. Other times, though, the saints have been blessed with great prosperity and they've built great cathedrals and hospitals and universities and they've been able to create beautiful masterpieces of art, music, and literature. At those times, Paul's words don't have much meaning. Now, if the past is any predictor of the future, there will come another time for Americans and for Christians when we will be forced to be short-timers again to put the normal things of life on hold so that some immediate crisis can be dealt with. 
when that happens, remember the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians 7. Someone has wisely said that there's something about everything in life hidden away somewhere in the Bible. You just need to know where to go find it. If something you read today does not seem all that relevant to you in your life, don't throw it away and say it has no business being in the Bible. Put it on the back burner. One day it may make all the difference to you. Well, I mentioned earlier how we aren't guaranteed tomorrow, any of us, and it is that awareness of our own mortality as we get older and older uh, that makes us aware that we are short timers as far as life on earth is concerned. Someone in our church whose initials are Daryl Richforth kidded me recently about uh, being a short timer in my job he, and I have to admit I am becoming more and more aware that the days are, are uh, becoming less and less for me as a pastor here but I really am also about to turn 62 and that's causing me to think about other things and a growing sense of your own mortality can be a very very good thing if it makes a person put most important things in your life at the top of your list of things to do. What's most important that you haven't gotten done yet that you want to do while there's still time? I have a very good friend who in the last month has learned that he has a terminal illness. He has a very limited number of days left here on the earth and he's a very young man. This awareness is causing him to live in a way that is exactly the opposite of what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 7. He has a wife, but now he's aware that nothing is important as having time with his wife and children. And being a good husband is the most important thing he can do. And being a good father while he still has time. He's gaining lots of possessions knowing that he won't be keeping them, but his family will need these things for their future happiness and security. Pursuit of happiness for as long as he can have it is a daily goal for him right now. Enjoying every day in creation and caring for the world is suddenly more important to him than ever before. So is serving the Lord and his church for long as he is able. Sometimes it's a good thing when you become aware of the fact that you're a short timer. It makes you set some priorities for your life and to do things that you might otherwise have failed to do. Today, if you feel like you might be a short timer, remember that Jesus came to the realization one day that his time was very short. And it was now time for him to go to Jerusalem and face what awaited him there. And to get done that task that God had sent him to earth to accomplish. You know, it's okay to be a short timer when you walk with the Lord. Because God has all the time in the world. Amen. I invite you to uh, stand and affirm our faith in God using the words of the Apostles' Creed. <clears throat> I believe in God, the Father Almighty, 
maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Be seated, please. We will now worship God as we receive our morning offering. The offertory this morning seeks to answer a question about why bad things happen, why bad things happen to good people. What's the reason that we experience so much pain and suffering, which is a question we all ask at times, so maybe this will help someone today. There are no words in times like these When tears won't hide the tragedies And all you want is a reason for the world no comfort in the greeting card Cause God is good but life's still hard And your heart just wants a reason for the world But maybe the reason for the pain Is so that we would pray for strength And maybe the reason for the strength Is so that we would not lose hope and maybe the reason for hope is so that we could face the world. And the reason for the world is to make us long for hope. Oh, God so loved your broken heart He sent His Son to where you are He died to give a reason for the world So lift your sorrows to the one Whose plan for you has just begun And rest here in the hands that hold the world but maybe the reason for the pain Is so that we would pray for strength Maybe the reason for the strength Is so that we would not lose hope And maybe the reason for all hope Is so that we could face the world And the reason for the world Is to make us long for hope Your feet are tired and weary 
from the road you walk down here But just keep your eyes on heaven And know that you are not alone Remember the reason for the word No ear has heard, no eye has seen Not even in your wildest dreams The beauty that awaits beyond this world When you look into the eyes of grace And hear the voice of mercy say Child, welcome to the reason for the word Stand and sing our last song with us. Would I believe you when you sing?
now may you go from here to serve God in his world, remembering that God is with you as we face whether it is short time or regular time in our lives. And he has instructions for all those times that we might be faithful to him.